Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to today's episode. So glad that you joined us as usual. We're going to attempt to finish Jeremiah chapter 32 today. This has been a long chapter. And Jeremiah, of course, in prison. He buys the property. Those that have been listening know what I'm talking about. He has some confusion about, Lord, what's going on? What are you doing? And God said, Jeremiah, you know this. Sometimes in the moment of distress, we forget the things that we know. And God lovingly and faithfully answers Jeremiah's prayer and says, Jeremiah, the things that are happening right now in Jerusalem, as hard as it is to watch and to experience, this, is, this has been a long time coming. And I am dealing with the rejection of my people, and I'm dealing with their idolatry. And ultimately, what I'm doing and allowing is in love for them, because in captivity, in judgment, they will learn the things that they should have learned through my nudgings and through my word to them. But they've rejected all of that. But please know, Jeremiah, that I'm powerful. There's nothing too hard for me. And I have the power to bring about this judgment, and I also have the power to bring about the restoration. And that's where we are here in Jeremiah 32. And look, if you would, in verse number 38, where God promises these restored people that they shall be my people and I will be their God. The the best way by which we can be restored and the best blessing of restoration is the restored relationship that we have with God. That's really the blessing. That's the blessing of salvation. That's the blessing of getting right with the Lord. It's not that God is going to give us stuff or we're looking for some kind of tangible reward. It's the relationship. It's the restoration of that open line of communication, uh, that that fellowship that we have with God, that that's the promise of restoration, that they, I will be their God. They shall be my people. Look at verse number 39. And I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them. It's good for us when we have a right perspective of an attitude toward God and for the good of them and of their children after them. Now, we've talked about this a bit already and back in chapter number 31, but this refers to that, that new covenant, that, that time when God will write his word in the hearts of people. And what, what do we understand in this New Testament era? We understand that that real change, a bona fide change, is change that occurs from the inside out. Legalism tries to change a man from the outside in. You can't do that. You can't legislate morality. You can't legislate a, 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 a heart for God. No, that, that must happen from the inside out. That's, that's the doing of God. 
Uh, that's why God said, I will put my spirit in their heart. It, it's the indwelling Holy Spirit of God uh, that transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so the new covenant is that covenant that God says, I will be their God, they shall be my people, in the sense that our body has become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God does that work of transformation by his word as the child of God listens to the spirit of God who applies the word of God to his heart. That's sanctification. And what a great promise that we have as New Testament believers, as God is fulfilling these promises that he made to Jeremiah so many years ago in that he has given us this heart this new heart. He's writing his word upon the fleshy table of the heart. Now, ultimately, this promise is fulfilled in the coming of Messiah and the rule and reign of Christ over uh, in Jerusalem in years to come. We call that the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 40. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. That means it won't be abrogated. It will not end that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts. There it is again, and they shall not depart from me. So the, the, the future blessing of God for Israel is that there's coming a day when their heart will turn to me and I will do a work of grace in their heart. And uh, there will be no need for uh, the captivity like the Babylonian captivity because they're, they're, they, they with one heart will know me and love me and follow me. Zechariah chapter 12 talks about that day when Israel will recognize the Messiah whom they have rejected and they will have a heartfelt sorrow and repentance for the fact that they have, that, that they have crucified him. They, they've killed the one, the one whom they have pierced, the Bible says, but that fresh, humble heart for God uh, will be the prelude of a wonderful and permanent relationship with him. Look at verse number 41. Yea, I will, God says, rejoice over them to do them good. Think about that promise. I will rejoice over them to do them good. That's the heart of God for his children, that he rejoices over them to do them good. Uh, I wonder, you know, in a, in a very practical way, does my life bring joy to the Lord? Uh, the Bible talks about uh, rebellious children are a sorrow to their parents. I wonder, am, am I a sorrow to my Heavenly Father? Or does He rejoice over me to do good? And I think that should be a great application thought for all of us. Well, the Bible says here specifically about a promise to Israel, I will rejoice over them to do them good. I will plant them in this land, assuredly, with my whole heart and with my whole soul. So we see a little bit of that promise fulfilled today in that Israel has been planted in their land, Right. We know that to be true. Today, Israel inhabits at least part of the land that God had allocated for them, that promised land. But is the promise totally fulfilled? Well, no, because Israel today doesn't have a heart for God. They don't recognize Jesus as Messiah. So this is not entirely fulfilled. It won't be fulfilled until the, the end of that, what we call that tribulation period, when Jesus does return. 
uh, with his saints to this earth to set up rule uh, there in Jerusalem. And at that time, Israel will see Jesus for who he really is, Messiah. And there will be that heart for God again and that restoration of heart and mind and soul and that permanence of relationship with God and that permanence of planting in uh, the, the, the land that God has given them. Only then will this promise be f- completely fulfilled. Verse number 43, and fields shall be bought in this land. Now, remember, all of this is an answer to the prayer of Jeremiah who bought this property that is in the hands of the Babylonians. It's an Anathoth, and that's already been kind of overrun by the Babylonians right now. And it made no logical sense for Jeremiah to buy land that for all intents and purposes, he's not going to be able to use. And yet, Buying that land was a symbol of the fact that that land will again be planted. That land will again be under the control of God's people. And that is a good investment because you're investing in the promises of God. And so now as God answers the the prayer of Jeremiah, he comes back to this, doesn't he? And he says, and fields shall be bought in this land, this land whereof ye say it's desolate without man or beast. It's given into the hand of the Chaldeans. So God says, I'm giving all this answer, all these answers about the future of this land, both the immediate future, restoration in 70 years, and the ultimate future, the millennial reign of Christ. I'm giving you this information, Jeremiah, to show you that it was not a bad investment for you to have invested in that field. Why? Because it belongs to me and I've given it to you. And while it'll be in the hands of the Babylonians for a season, and while the land of Israel was out of their control for many, many years, the ultimate restoration and the permanent ownership of that land and the blessings that go with it are a promise from Almighty God. Verse number 44 Men shall buy fields for money and subscribe evidences. That means they'll go through the proper legal channels and seal them and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin, in the places about Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the valley, in the cities of the south, for I will cause their captivity to return saith the Lord. Jeremiah, you did not make a bad investment because this whole area, Jerusalem and all these surrounding valleys, all these surrounding mountains to the south and to the north, Benjamin, the rest of the the tribe of Benjamin, this whole area, it'll be yours again. And remember, that was fulfilled. After the Babylonian captivity, when Cyrus signed that decree and Zerubbabel came back to rebuild the temple and ultimately Ezra came back some years later to rebuild the people, that land once again 
belonged to Israel. Once again, was farmed by Israel. Once again, the shepherds roamed those fields, just as God said. And then there's coming that day. Uh, One day soon, I believe, that Jesus Christ will come back with his saints and will set up rule and reign. And that Israel will enjoy a permanent fulfillment of this promise and will never again lose that land. It'll always be blessed because the blesser himself will rule and reign right there from Jerusalem. Well, that's it for chapter number 32. All done. We'll jump into uh, chapter 33 next time, and we'll look at a very familiar verse next episode, uh, verse number three. Hope you'll join us for that. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.